But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. We are all out of power converters once more this week, so thankfully we've got a lot of X-wing to talk about instead. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Middle. And I'm Pork Jenkins. And let's get into it. But first, uh, what have we been up to lately, guys? Anything interesting going on for us? Baseball's back. Yeah. The lockout is over. <laughs> yeah. Was it really a lockout if they resolved it before spring training? Yes. No, or knocked out the players. They could have no communication whatsoever between teams and players. Players did not. They were not allowed to negotiate contracts or do any trades or anything like that. So yes, it also, was a lockout. Spring okay. training would have started like a month ago. Yeah, spring training yeah. was delayed by a month, and the season is it's delayed. It's still by two winter. Weeks. Well, uh, so yeah. I mean, it's mid March. Like yeah, it baseball's might over. Be winter, but... for, yeah. football. Oh my gosh. Football's over. It's time for baseball. That's true. Like it's literally, true. spring training starts the Monday after the Super Bowl. That's yeah. that's always how it is. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. Except for this year when they locked out the players. Yeah. Well, hopefully they uh, did something interesting. Did anybody try introducing the Royals to X-wing? We should try that. I think they're probably still busy like working out all the time because they're professional athletes. <laughs> Well, it's the Royals. I mean, they've got also freedom. none of the no rich athlete would choose to live to in Kansas City in the off season. <laughs> like they have I Florida thought, for that. Oh, they got people who live here in the off season, do they? I mean, like live here, sure, but like live like, here, live. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll put this out there. Uh, if anybody from the Kansas City Royals franchise is listening, Tashi Station Radio is up for some collaborations. I will eat my hat if a uh, Kansas City Royal listens to us. I will not be able to eat my hand because I will die. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, baseball's back on the menu. Uh, what else has been cool lately? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had to work a lot, and I don't like it. Same. So I mean, I had to work a normal amount, but still, like nobody likes working. Like, yeah, and then everybody in the fam is sick right now. So I was sick as shit last weekend. Uh, yeah. I've been feeling reasonably great. I have relocated my PC into the new home office slash studio here, and it feels really nice. So I don't have the glare coming in the window directly over my monitor anymore. That's helpful. Indeed, indeed. And we're also in that weird interregnum where there is nothing airing weekly on Disney Plus right now. So I'm like, what do I do with my free time? I've been trying to catch up on movies, so I need to go out and see the Batman. I'm told it's really good. Yeah, same. I just don't want to sit in a movie theater for three hours. Exactly, that's the thing. And apparently it's going to be on HBO Max in April, so I may just try and avoid spoilers for another month. April feels really quick turnaround for it being on HBO Max for an exclusive theatrical release. Yeah, apparently it... You know, people are in the same, you know, bag of not wanting to go out to the theater and sit in a closed room for three hours with other people, maybe. Who knows? But anyway, we have had uh, some X-Wing going on uh, this last Friday, as we record this, so a week ago. Uh, Alex and Doug and I went to a tournament, our Friday night tournament at our local store, and uh, did reasonably well. Uh, three rounds of 
trying all the scenarios except for chance engagement. And uh, how do we feel about that? I thought it was a good time. I uh, I enjoyed all three of my games. It helped that I did well, but I think the games were fun either way. Yeah. What What did you bring that uh, annihilated three of us in quick fashion? Uh, so it was Sunfock with Ensnare, Afterburners, and Predator. Uh, it was Grievous with Impervium, Solus One, Afterburners, and Outmaneuver. And then three Bombardment Drones, which are the hyenas that let you launch bombs whenever you can drop them. Uh, one with Prox Mines, one with Protons and Seismic Charges, and one with Protons and Connernets, and all three had Blade Fuses. Uh, so it was, uh, it was four beefy boys in Sunvok, and then lots of bombs, lots of control. Good time for me. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, uh, oh, I had to face it in the third round, and that was an ordeal. But that, ah, as much as I, I like seeing the idea that, you know, all ships can be played... Man, I didn't want to see Sunfog back on the table again. I hate him so much. Yeah, I mean, he is better feeling now because you can't throw people onto rocks. And yes, I think that was that was one of the biggest feel bads. Was the like they fixed the pushing him so he doesn't have shots on you anymore because he can rotate. But like before, you could still throw him onto rocks, and that that felt really bad. And so getting rid of that helped. But uh, it they gave him afterburners too, so now it's even harder to avoid <laughs> him getting to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out if you, you gotta... just arc dodge people, you don't have to move them with a tractor beam. <laughs> you got to fully execute now too, right? You do, yes, that's true. Yeah, which, uh, which came to play, a, I think once or twice in each game, I would bump um, and not get to do the shenanigans, but I'd just take a focus and then usually have bullseye at range zero whenever you bump somebody. So I still got a, I still got three die attack. Yeah, hmm. not too shabby at all. Uh, I ran a Republic list of four named Jedi and Hawk, which uh, actually felt really good. That. Uh, Man, in objective play, as we'll talk about in the coming weeks, uh, I think the uh, the CLT Ether Sprites are really, really good out there. I mean, gosh, they're fast, and they don't die, and <laughs> unless you forget what you're doing and barrel roll right into a bomb on one hull. But... Yeah. yeah, CLT Jedi in particular seem really good at the objective side of... Uh of objectives like they're they still struggle to kill ships because unless you're consistently lining up bullseyes they're a little little wimpy with attacks but uh mm-hmm. but being able to boost your barrel roll and then take scenario actions or being able to grab a crate and then you know take off at the speed the jedi can move is really really effective quite and smittle you brought a scumless what were you flying friday night i brought fenrail we're all surprised i know um manaru which now we're all surprised i know <laughs> um <laughs> But she gets punishing one for free, and she's four points for just a flabby three die gun. Flabby's not right, um, but flabby. like a tankier three die gun. Um, and then I brought Sarasu, who gets all the points to upgrade her out. Um, Hull, Afterburners, Ion, Elusive, all the fun stuff. And then both the little two point guys in Scum, Ahav and Andrew. Um, I had a good time. It's uh, I've played the list four times now. Um, I only played one game of the tournament because we had an odd number. So uh, we had that number. I dropped my phone in the toilet on Thursday, so I don't have a phone. So yeah. I didn't have anything to do if I got the buy. And my friend from college was in town. So it was like a perfect storm to drop after losing round one. So nobody got a buy. Indeed. <laughs> so I did you, that. you still haven't got your phone replaced? It's on the way. I'll get here Thursday. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, so I uh, it was a good time. I had I lost a really good game to Jim. We were tied at ten to ten going into round seven before he one rounded my full health and round up, put it out of reach. But it was yeah. a it was a good time, and uh, I really enjoy. I've not had a unfun game of two point five yet. Live by the row, die by the row, as they say. Uh, Greg, what about you? Have you uh, had a chance to get another game in or two yet? Um, I played last Thursday Wednesday at our little. I don't know what you call it, our league night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to play. <clears throat> what did I play? Uh, two Fang Fighters, and uh, it was Hera, and then it was oh uh, Ezra and Blount. So I was trying a Fenral crew list. Um, mm. that wasn't good because Ezra died. But that's yeah, the only I, I would imagine good. Ezra is not a ship you want running into the enemy at range one front arc. No, uh, so, um, I, I don't know how to fly things very well because they're fast and they, you know, whatever. So they died. Um, I got range two a lot. Uh, I will say that the best car reinforced plating and the hole up and hole upgrade are a great combo. Um, because Beskar, as long as there's a a crit in there, and if you're at range one and you roll three die, uh, you could roll two blanks and like an evade and evade four damage, which is super cool. Oh, oh, god, I just did the math on that. That's gross. Are you playing Rumble Fangs? Do Rumble Fangs have two mods? Am I really they do. dead? I do. What? Some of them do, not all of them. Well, I was like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah, so like the uh, the Clan Wren volunteers, you can run two of them, uh, they have two pips on them. Uh, Are those the ones that if they do the same speed maneuver as someone within range one, they get to um, do a reroll? Correct. You may reroll one attack die. No, no. Yeah, so fangs have two mods. They are the only ones with two mods. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like uh, Tyler really flies fangs really well. And he flew two generics with his two other ships uh, the other night. And he was doing great. He was getting rerolls. He was, you know, just sloughing off. Uh, damage. It was really, it was really good looking. And then I flew it, and I got wrecked. But it was a fun game, regardless. But I, yeah, I want to try this out. I want to switch to Ahsoka and Wedge, mm-hmm. so it'll be two A's and two Fangs. So we're gonna oh. try that. Not bad, not bad. Sounds like you're running into a lot of the same uh, hiccups I am. We're both used to flying slower, tankier ships, mm-hmm. and trying some of the small things. It's yeah, it's a bit of a thing. I've found so far in 2.5, I've run into the mistake of flying my tanky ships as if they're like fang fighters, which not always the best if you're flying a B-Wing, and uh, not knowing how to fly the smaller ships well. So practice makes perfect, uh, or at least better, we can hope. Uh, so it sounds like we're all branching out a bit in our list building. Uh, what do we think so far in 2.5 for each of us has been the biggest leap we've taken in list building? Uh, how how far is this pushing us out of our accustomed comfort zone? Not at uh, all. Yeah, for me. like I haven't had time to explore. I'm still relearning how to play the game with what I know how to play. Yeah, I'm. I have not been adventurous with list building because so that's why I'm stuck with rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to list build with other factions, uh, but I just stopped. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I've done a lot of list building, but I haven't yeah. like put serious effort into anything new yet. Yeah, it's just like, I go with what's safe. Like, oh, I have passive mods. Like, that's why I wanted Hera on the table with Fangs. Because I was like, oh, I'll take my evade, and then I'll evade everything. 
Um, and yes, it does work, but when you don't know how to fly certain things, then it doesn't work out. So, understandable. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I've I've built a ton of lists. I mean, I always played a lot of different stuff anyway. But uh, I would say I've I I'm still trying to figure out how all of the scenarios operate before I, I truly worry about diving into what I think is a, is like the best list. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good way to go about it. I, I've i been enjoying throwing random stuff on the table with just some of these new, the, the new options you have out there, upgrades that I've never seen the light of day, some of the uh, pilots I've certainly never flown before, but it's being a, uh, it's a learning experience. And I think that's kind of helping me with learning the scenarios is trying something totally new. So I've got no preconceived ideas like flying the lat. I had never put a lat on the table before Friday and, uh, <laughs> They fun. They they they're tanky and oh my god, fire convergence is good. Why has it taken me like a year to figure that out? <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, like Hawk is is one of the examples of things that got so much more playable because I think mm. his his two point price was like fifty two. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, and now his price is the equivalent five. of fifty. Or uh, uh, yeah, Hawk's the five pointer. <laughs> yeah, which is the equivalent of fifty. Yeah. Uh, but you also get twenty three points of upgrades, so it's the equivalent <laughs> of seventy three for fifty so points. Much. And uh, <laughs> it turns out that whenever you get to fully load up a hawk, it can do a lot of really good yeah. stuff. By a hawk, I mean yeah. hawk. it just is hawk. But yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, when I was taking uh, lats, I almost said hawk. When I was taking lats, you always chose warthog, and then you tried to put like. Maybe two or three upgrades on him. Yeah, maybe like a seventh fleet gunner. And, yeah, yeah, it's usually the same ones, you know, most of the time. And uh, now, well, Warthog doesn't even seem like an option that you would go he, with. He, well, he's six points. He's still good, but the thing is, you can't fit a mini swarm in right. when you well, no, he's, go with He's not good because there's no reason right. to bring generics. Yeah, right. exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, Which is okay because you literally had a ship with only one quotation marks playable pilot and then um uh now you can take a loaded up like 23 points that's a lot on a lat like that's so oh. really good oh believe me i was running uh, mm. uh perceptive co-pilot and uh the clone commander cody the trick where uh with ghost company where you get to double tap and double strain things and that was working really well for me all evening uh, i really like that combo props to the uh Folks up in Indianapolis that apparently got in on that idea before everybody else, and uh, it's still good in two point five. Who knew? They did apparently. I do well, want to point out one thing here, real quick, is that everything we're saying is good or not good is with a gigantic grain of salt. Because oh, absolutely. Size is still still small. So, so just for the listeners, I want to reiterate that this is our impressions, not well researched opinions no i mean that's you know, two games <laughs> i know exactly what i'm saying except for pork jenkins he is always right on his yes, first impression yes, yes pork knows all i agree okay. well with that uh knowledge under our belt let's talk a little bit about the scenario that i think is well we all think is closest to what we're familiar with that being chance engagement uh it's Probably the easiest scenario to ease into to start practicing with the 2.5 rules because there's only one major change to how the game itself works. Uh, with the I'm gonna go out on a limb and call it not even a major change. 
yeah, it's it's just having that uh, obstacle out there. So, Doug, why don't you uh, go over the specific rules to chance engagement for those who might not be familiar with the exact wording of the law there? Yeah, chance encounter. But yeah, encounter? Um, yeah, chance encounter. Uh-huh. Um, so there is one objective marker that is placed in the center of the mat, similar to how every other um, scenario works. It's placed at range four and a half from every board edge, as rough as close to the center as you can get. Um, the only rule is that, uh, during the in phase, if only one player has ships at range zero to two of that objective, they score one point. Uh, so if both people have ships there, it doesn't matter who has more, as long as they're both people have ship there, nobody gets points. Um, if neither person has a ship there, nobody gets points. It's just only, if only one player has a ship there, they get one point. Uh, so essentially what that means is it's a dogfight. No, apparently it is chance engagement. All right, well, <laughs> I am incorrect. I thought it was oh, chance encounter as well. I thought it was chance uh, encounters, yeah. Uh, I, okay, so yeah. chance engagement. The, the rules are still the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they are all different but, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so essentially the way I think of it is how many games of second edition did you play where you won by less than 10 points. I'm sure it's happened. It's happened to everybody. But how many, what percent of games do you think have actually ended that way? In most cases, that's only going to be if you go to time. Yeah, and even then, it's if you go to time in a very close game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So really, unless you're just intentionally ignoring the objective, you might accidentally give up a point here or there. But it's just a dogfight. Sorry, go ahead, finish up. I would say it's just killing each other is is the objective. Hmm. In the one game of chance engagement that I have played, which was with Doug, on the very first turn of the game, he got the point for the objective. On the last turn of the game, I got the point. Like that was yeah. all. That was it. And you won like twenty to three. So yeah, it was a it was a ridiculously yeah. lopsided game. Like oh my yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, you were playing. I was playing Fen. Oh, I was playing what? Vader. I was playing Vader <laughs> Sabak Vermeil and. Gideon, and you one shot oh, yeah. my ships. Yeah, I one shot <laughs> two of them, including Sabak. Yeah, <laughs> eating shield upgrade Sabak. It was it was bad, yeah. but uh, but the point is is that it just felt like a 2.0 game uh, that technically mm-hmm. has uh, the keeping score is a little different. That's the yeah, thing. that's the big thing. It's also it should be noted it's the only one where half points matter, um, which is which I mean, again, that just makes it feel like a, a standard dogfight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of places are sticking with just chance engagement for some smaller store tournaments as a way to ease people into the new 2.5 world. And I think that's a good idea, depending on your playgroup. It's probably the easiest way to sway people who have been hesitant about 2.5. It's also very good for because there are a lot of other rules that have also been added, like bumping Mm -hmm. and obstacles. Right, so you can focus on those. Yeah, you can you can focus on the the core rule changes without also having to worry about scenarios. And then like there's technically a little side rule here, but essentially it just means fight each other. Don't don't dance around in corners. Uh, as an example of that, we had a uh, player stop by Friday night, Josh Vance, a local fella who had not played 2.0 at all, had still been playing first edition at home with his son and not gone out to any uh, stores or games for over three years, and then has only just in the last week or so gotten back in with the 2.5 rules change. So here we had someone who was coming in, we played all of the three non-chance engagement scenarios, and he had a ton of new rules, not only for the second edition new rules from first edition, but all the 2.5 stuff. So it was just information overload, 
and he ended up finishing second in the tournament overall. So yeah, uh, it was really good to see him have a have a good yeah, tournament, have a good time. But You're the welcome idea... for dropping so no one got to buy. I'm claiming <laughs> I'm manifesting. <laughs> uh, I think that when practicing like that, especially if you've been away from X Wing for a while, chance engagement is where you should start because there's the least amount of drinking from the fire hose type of information, trying to learn the new uh, list building and then how that applies to scoring objectives and then the rules of road and bumping. All of that at once can seem really daunting. So going simple, probably the best way to ease folks into it. Uh, My only real problem with the scenario is that it should be called chance encounter. So I am writing an open letter to AMG to get that fixed. That's fair. I would agree. <clears throat> an engagement is a poor way to describe things coming together, and an encounter is a much better choice of word to yeah, describe like a, things coming together. Engagement sounds planned to me, so a this chance was engagement. This a chance little... full-scale battle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> would, would you, like, would you a feel... chance encounter sounds like you guys were both scouting and met randomly in the the depths of space. By chance. Yeah. Would you feel this strongly if um, Matt had not been right? Uh, I always feel this strongly about correct opinions. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) See, the way I look at it, a chance encounter sounds like one of those Craigslist categories for, you know, we locked eyes on the train. Yeah. Uh, See? It's definitely for for sex workers. (laughs) You know, who hasn't read that section before? I love those. Yeah. Chance engagement. Open letter to AMG. This is what I want. <laughs> Chance you engagement sounds more romantic. Gas station. You were yeah, flying the blue X Wing. <laughs> My Finn Fen fanfic. It's, it's time is now. I hate the phrase Finn Fen fanfic. I want to throw that out there. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Uh, it was a chance encounter. It's too hard to say. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah so the, uh, the other things to learn, you mentioned that. Uh, scoring it's the only one where a half points come into play like all of the scenarios it's played to 20 points uh like all of the scenarios if you destroy all of your opponent's ships you win the game if at the end of the end phase one player is leading and has 20 or more points the game ends uh goes 12 rounds we were playing to a 75 minute time limit but tournament rules on that uh are report- reportedly going to be a little varied. We'll learn more about that uh, at a depth. I varied them at the tournament. I did 72 to 78. Oh, I mean, okay. pro tip, I did 78 for the first round, and then 75, and then 72. But I said it was random. <laughs> <laughs> Judge! I didn't tell anybody what it was, so nobody that, could play off of it. That's very true. Uh, yeah, so far from what we're able to glean from the rules that uh, Dion has put out for Adepticon, that the... Timer will be random between 72 and 78 minutes uh, determined by the TO. And I guess from nearest I can figure that's in an attempt to uh, dissuade people and make it almost impossible for people to slow play at that last turn. Well, yeah, just, uh, it's, it's meant to be game, harder uh, to game the yeah. clock rather than yeah. specifically the last turn, but just yeah. game the clock at all. Yeah. And when you know there's 75 minutes and it's been 73 minutes, you know there are two minutes left, so you just have to think a little less and you'll only get one turn in instead of two. Or think a little more and you'll only get one turn instead of two. And if it, if there's a six-minute window where the time could end, it's mm. in theory, it's supposed to just force you to play the game. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the game, uh, one of the things that's come up a lot in discussions is how long the games last actual round-wise. Uh in playing the objectives Friday night, I found that I think all three of my games ended 
at round between like between five and seven, I think it was for all of mine. Ours might have gone a little longer, Doug, but I say uh, I'm not sure how long ours went. I know my first one went six and my second one went six. Yeah. My first my game went seven. And does that seem about the same number of turns as a 2.0 game? Not, no, for, not for me and Doug. Like. It's less. It is less. Uh, so people did stu- uh, studies, in quotes. People looked at stream games and counted uh, the number of rounds. And it was uh, 9 to 11 was the average. Okay, because I remember when that discussion came up earlier with how many rounds does a game usually go, I had assumed it was somewhere between 15 and 18 because of yep. what pace of play often felt like for me. But Doug and I would get 20 plus games, turns in games we'd play. Right. But finding out that in reality and looking back at some of my stream games going, oh, oh, they went a lot slower than I thought. So, uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, so one thing I think the community as a whole should try to focus on more than specific number of rounds is how resolved the game felt when it ended, which is more subjective. But, uh, so, for example, uh, Newt, our game probably ended on round seven, maybe eight. But yeah. I think it's safe to say that I was handily ahead at the point that it ended. Right. And, in uh, fact, this was a an interesting uh, resolution to the game. It was Doug had scored 21 points, but I still had a shot. And it was possible if I had nailed two crits on Sunfock, I would have gone ahead on points it at was the possible, end phase. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a range three shot from an unmodded lat onto Sunfock, so it wasn't going to happen. But the, uh, the the fact that there is still that potential for a huge point swing in uh, in a number of games, and chance encounter, or chance engagement, God, you got me doing it now! <laughs> Good. I will say chance encounter is a better name, AMG. You should probably change it. <laughs> Open letter to AMG. With chance engagement having the uh, the half points option, and now with points being smaller for ships, for example, if you had a 50-point ship in 2.0, half points was 25. If you had a 51-point ship, half points was 26. One point never made much of a difference there. But now multiply that by, you know, 10, because if I have a 5-point ship in 2.5 in chance engagement and you get half points on me, you have gained three points right there. That's 30 points from a 50-point ship. So that's actually a proportionally bigger swing when you're looking at that 20-point goal. So, Yeah, when you're talking about odd numbers and how it rounds, it is, it is bigger that way. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, in general, it's about the same. Like, uh, chance again, chance encounter in particular... Chance engagement, whatever, feels significantly more like a regular dogfight. Like it is a little bit swingier uh, because it's essentially everything rounding to ten instead of going into single digits. But um, I mean, I guess I've only played one one chance engagement, so I can't really speak to it. But yeah. uh, everything I have seen is that it just feels like regular X Wing, mm-hmm. old X Wing, two point Something I've noticed that, especially with all of the loadout points we get with ships now, it almost seems like if you don't have anything else, obviously in mind, slap shield upgrade on a ship. Does that mm. really, I mean, if you're, if you're flying a five-ship list and you've thrown shield upgrade on all of them, that seems like it's going to draw out a game because you've effectively got an entire another ship's worth of damage you need to do. 
I will argue that whole upgrade is a much better value, but that's apples and I mean that's it's, it's apples to slightly different apples. Yeah. 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 Um, what I've been doing is I've been doing shield upgrade when I can, so like on an A wing, and then whole upgrade, uh, because I only have like a couple of points on like the fangs or something. Yeah, it's possible. I just I have yet to find a scenario where not not yet to. I think most of the time there are better places you can put points by using those two points elsewhere. Like mm. as in A wing is an example, they almost always have an extra talent slot, so I would do a whole upgrade on predator over shield. Or elusive as well at two points. Yeah, elusive. Oh, is elusive said, "Yeah, become very valuable." <laughs> what if I could do predator elusive and show upgrade? Then I would do crack shot instead of elusive. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, so actually, I guess my bigger point is when I have six points, I usually do afterburners instead of shield upgrade. Yeah, that's the thing. I would do um, afterburners on most ships. Not all. I would probably wouldn't put afterburners on a wings. Yeah, um, but even then, so. Uh, this is getting into the other scenarios, but uh, scenario actions having to be your standard action makes afterburners really useful because you can boost into range of them and then take the action, Very which is true. Uh, uh, it's difficult to do without specific ships or afterburners. Yeah, I would also put afterburners on a wings if you're bringing vectored cannons with them because that allows you to rotate in the system phase, do a fast maneuver clearing your stress, and then boost uh, to get good positioning that way. Uh, is, is an option there. It's much better than afterburners without vectored cannons. Seems like you're wasting an action, unless you really need to do, like I said, you know, that boost and then take the uh, the scenario action. The cool thing is you don't have to afterburners every turn. You can only yeah. use them. You can use them when you need to, and not mm -hmm. use them when you don't need to, kind of thing. Right. But I say I most of the time I'm slapping afterburners to start on something like Doug said. I will say anytime that there is a a large points change, things like hull and shield upgrade get really popular because they're very static values. It's very easy to understand what their value is and mm. it's easy to fit them into stuff. And then as metas develop, they become less and less popular because you find more useful upgrades in those same price brackets. Mm. Um, that being said, we're in a wide open meta right now, so more health, more better. Um, even little things like your opponent just not realizing that your Vader has six health instead of five is really useful. Because they'll make decisions around trying to kill a five health fader, but that it still has one health left. The point you should not try to mislead your opponents as to how much health. They oh have. no 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 no! no but but if they they on their own forget that you have a whole upgrade, which is yep. definitely a thing that happens it, all it happens the time. To me all the time. I will attack something and I'll be like, so that's dead, right? And they'll go, nope, whole upgrade. And I'm like, oh well, crap. <laughs> like that's that's on me for not paying attention. Yeah. Mm. Another thing that came up, uh, kind of talking a little bit about list building. When you're building a list, you have to factor in, for most, assuming you are playing a standard tournament, when you're building a list, you're factoring in how it will perform in all four scenarios. But looking at chance engagement specifically, there was always that kind of like the last thing you think about during list building is try and have your ships end in even numbered points so you don't give up an extra point at half. Are we going to see if people are really focusing on chance engagement? Would you look at, and this is always depending on the individual ships, but as a rule of thumb, multiple odd-numbered ships or multiple even-numbered ships? Uh, I think I would focus more on health thresholds of those ships. So, like, uh, I'm less concerned on if a ship costs, like, seven points, because you can't change that. Poe costs seven. I guess Poe's bad example, because there's a six-point Poe. Uh, Fenrau costs seven. Fenrau costs seven, yeah. There there's is also a six-point Fenrau. Fenrau. Yeah, but but in, one, in the same faction. <laughs> uh, uh, so Scum Fenrau costs seven. You cannot change that. But what you can do is you can put a whole upgrade on him, so he has five health instead of four. 
which means it now takes three damage to break the half points threshold instead of two. Uh, things like that, I think, is something that is more uh, man, like manipulative isn't correct, but you can you can alter that, whereas you right. can't alter fence price. And again, that is only applicable in chance engagement. So when you're looking at list building, a choice that will only have a scoring difference in one out of four scenarios might hold different weight than an upgrade but that is good in all scenarios. It still takes five to kill him instead of four. Right, and that, 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 that an extra health overall. Right, I'm talking about just scoring, you know, wise. If you're looking at well, it no, but I'm talking about scoring. Killing someone is scoring. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So the yeah. the other scenarios, it's a really big deal when you kill something because you get the entire points threshold. Like that, like you were talking about how you could have killed Sunfock and actually yeah, swing. Yeah, like uh, if Sunfock has an has four health instead of three, you can't. Well, I mean, you could pull two directs, but that's even more rare. Uh, like things like that. Like if the a hull upgrade is still very impactful in other scenarios. It's just a different kind of impact. You have hull upgrade on? No, I didn't. Because okay. he went after Which is just also what you should do right? on Fenrao, but he was just an example. Does Sunfuck have one upgrade slot or two? He has one mod and three talents. Oh, god damn it. Why? Also, He's talented as hell. But also, uh, Ensnare and Afterburners are stable to him, so you only have two talents and two points left. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, just as quick thoughts, you know, rapid fire. What talents uh, and upgrades lend themselves really well to chance engagement? The uh, same ones that did in 2.0. I feel yeah, like offensive talents, uh, Predator is one that lead, that comes to mind, especially because you have so many free points to just slap onto stuff. Things like Predator that might only trigger once or twice a game are much more useful. Crackshot for um, the same crack game. Crackshot. Elusive is the same, but for defensive. Now here's a thought, and this just occurred to me. Cards such as, and almost specifically, Predator and Crackshot that are bullseye-reliant, with objectives out there, you kind of have an idea where your opponent is going to be, or at least be headed towards. With that knowledge, do those abilities that rely on a bullseye become more effective? In my experience, Crackshot specifically, and I'm going to talk about Crackshot because it's worth more than Predator, like, on average, you will line up a bullseye about one time, and Crackshot pays more than Predator does that one time. But in all the times I've brought Crackshot, even not playing around it or trying to set it up, you get it off every game. It's You you don't save Crackshot for a better bullseye shot. You just use it the chance you can. Every time, I I think you will use Crack... I think you can take a copy of Crackshot and use it every game in a tournament without any issue. Especially when we take into consideration, again, this applies mostly to the other scenarios, but uh, when games are only averaging six or seven rounds, uh, limited charges are way more valuable because you you just get to use them. Like so, like something like Crackshot before, like the argument of Crackshot versus Predator on something like Suntier was I'm I'm going to line up a Bullseye at least once, but how many times do I have to line up Bullseye before Predator becomes more effective? It's... And now if there's only six turns to fit that window, something like Crackshot is just way easier to get mm-hmm. the value out of. In the same vein, uh, does the shorter amount of rounds mean that you're going to be getting more use out of, say, limited charge ordnance, torpedoes, yeah, missiles, yeah, and the likes. Yeah, exact same idea. Like, um, Because the rounds are so short, like something like Proton Torpedoes is really good at putting you ahead early, uh, but you're investing so many points that in the past, your ship is, I don't want to say overcosted afterwards, but like that's it's a large investment of points that's no longer Yeah, doing you've expended 12 points to right. you know take two shots. Uh, but they have a lot less time to exploit that when there's only six rounds. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, I, I think ordinance in general got a lot stronger. Um, and uh, I think one thing AMG did a good job of with as goofy as a lot of these points loadouts and stuff look, it's hard to build true alpha strike lists. Um, like proton torpedoes are hard to fit onto ships. Usually you have to make a bunch of sacrifices or they simply just don't give you the points. Um, and like a lot of the like sort of things that can take barrage rockets generally generally feel kind of overcosted otherwise. Um, so I think they they were aware of the strength of munitions and and did a good job with that. I'm just looking at something and I just realized I was you you said that and it got me thinking. How many ships in standard have a missile and a torpedo slot? And hilariously, you have Evan Verlaine in the Y-Wing who has turret, torpedoes, and missiles. So if you really want to go overkill, you could throw ion cannon turret, ion torpedoes, ion missiles on Evan Verlaine and just have, what, seven? No, five. Five charges of ion ordnance plus a turret to throw out there. Or for... you can do Iden Versio into ion cannon, ion torpedo, ion missile. I don't think you actually have enough loadout points for that, but she has all three slots for whatever reason. That's ridiculous. And we'll certainly talk about that later. But speaking of Evan Verlaine, uh, we're going to dip into a little bit of the rebel faction. Uh, right now it's very strong with a lot of things that got huge, huge upgrades in 2.5 for rebels. So we're going to kind of go around and see what's jumped out at us with, uh, the Rebel Faction thus far as we've been taking a look at it. Uh, Greg, you mentioned you've been building some Rebel lists. What's uh, jumped onto your radar? Um, so I've been looking at the things now that um, the Pride of Mandalore pack is out. Uh, I've been looking at A-Wings big time. I think A-Wings have a lot of value now. Um, uh, so my biggest dilemma, actually, and this is, uh, I think, a thing on the Fly Better page, was when do you take a five-point ship over two, like a three and a two-point ship, or a four-point ship over two twos, um, or even a six and three, three you know? So, because I always look at Blount and Ezra, especially because Ezra has the crew slot now. Yeah, that'd um, be five I, points right there. Yeah, and I think that there's... I feel like... Okay, so I asked the you guys this one time, and I said, is Blount value or a trap? And Doug said it was value. It's a bargain. Value. Yeah, I think it's a bargain, but I do think it depends bargain. on what the rest of your list is. So right. Uh, so if I had five points, how do you go about saying, oh, I want to put, you know, this five point ship in here, or do I want to put these two ships in here? Because let's be honest. So I was building things like, uh, so the first list I ever ran was three B wings, Blau and Ezra. And it was super fun because Blount wants all those ships because uh, of his ability. Um, but then it really just kind of turned into Blount being the lamest one, which is fine because two points and then you don't have any loadout points. Um, <clears throat> so I'm trying to figure out sometimes when I want to take five ships and I'm like, oh, well, Blount and Ezra. Mm -hmm. are five points combined, and I'm just trying to figure out if this is a bargain or if it's a trap. But I, that's where I, I'm at. If I, get, I brought I brought Nadrew, the scum blount, yeah. uh, with the opposite ability a whole bunch of times, and literally have not yet triggered his ability, and I will continue to bring him at two points, because mm -hmm. none of the other Z95s cost two points. Yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I mean, this is all 
mostly just speculation, but I feel like two two-pointers is almost always worth more than a four-pointer, uh, with the exception of maybe a couple like really effective four-point pieces like Manaru. Um, but in general, two-point pieces are all extremely cost-effective, because nothing mm-hmm. in the game costs 20 points before this, and two is the equivalent of 20 points. Right, uh, and you're, you're looking at, uh, for the Rebels specifically, Blount and uh, Derek Clivy and Hobby, who both have very useful abilities. Uh, Derek's is very whatever, but he's an A-wing for 20 points, which is yeah. a ridiculous Which value. is a ridiculous ability. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Being an Initiative 3 A-wing for 20 points is really good. Yeah, and I the... think the way to think of Blount is he's A, he's I-4, which is just really good for two points. Uh, B, think of his ability as like a crack shot or a predator. It's You don't need to trigger it every time, but if you get it off once or twice a game, it provided a ton of value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you uh, had an upgrade that triggered once per game that just said you get to roll an extra die, yeah, you'd take it. You know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah, if his was a charge, uh, I would think that would be at least a four or five point talent. If that was, it was like a charge of, if a friendly ship is range zero to one, you can spend a charge to roll an extra die, that would be really valuable. Indeed. Uh, and I, I think there's something here with the crew on Ezra. Um, Zeb also gets crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously Zeb, uh, Ezra has the force upgrade. Um, and a fourth yeah, point. Ezra's value is that you can be really defensive, so he's an right. ideal crew carrier because he can make it such a pain in the butt to kill him. And I think there's somewhere there's going to be like a a combo that we just haven't or I haven't found for a crew slot, and it's probably Leia. Um, but I keep wanting to put other things on on Ezra to make I don't know the the. You're experimenting with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what I put on us for the first time. Uh, I will say a heightened perception. And I know, Matt, you've been mm-hmm. talking about this. Heightened perception, uh, Ezra, is actually really fun uh, because some people will ignore him. Um, and then you can just shoot at I-7 and sometimes you can get uh, a solid. Like that one time per game that you guys are talking about, if that happens... That's a pretty good value right there, too. Yeah, so. making him strip a token before a better shot happens or you know, stinking yeah. a crit in or something to knock out a mm-hmm. salvage. Um, uh, but to go back really quick to your three B-wings, uh, and you were debating whether it was a five-point ship or Blount Ezra. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, um, I lean towards the five-point ship, and that's because... B-Wings are, like, I think B-Wings are really good, but they play the game a little differently than a lot of other ships do because they're so slow. And I think they really just want to punch stuff and, like, take objectives as they appear, whereas a lot of other lists are playing around objectives. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like Ezra and Blount fit that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of times whenever you're picking the two ships for five points, it's because you're, you're wanting a lot of pieces to either fight objectives or to swarm stuff or whatever. Um, I don't know. Again, this is just head sim, but um, B-Wings are so slow that Blount will have a hard, to- a hard time consistently getting his ability, and Ezra will... Ezra just honestly feels out of place with three B-Wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some interesting things, like, if you're bringing both of Blount and Hobby, you're most likely thinking that three out of four games, you're going to be using the A-Wing for objectives. It's it's a better use than trying to joust with an A-Wing for points. Uh, but at the same time, it really does depend what else is in your list. Because if I am running, uh, let's see, so 
you're talking about your two pointers, that's four points right there, 16 other points. If I'm running uh, three three cost ships and a six cost ship, then that's going to, you know, I've already got a bunch of bodies on the table. Maybe I want that expensive 10 numb out there to be a heavy puncher. It all is going to depend on what you have together, if there's good synergy between the pieces and things like that. Uh, you mentioned Ezra, and I love that there are so many options you can do with Ezra. Use him as a cheap uh, Leia carrier. Uh, a build that I've been messing around with a little is throwing Zeb crew on him, and then uh, heightened perception and hull upgrade. Mm. Because that way you can uh, take a focus, block someone, and still use that focus to modify your now initiative seven shot. So... Is that what Zeb's new ability is? Yeah, Zeb Crew now says when you perform an attack at range zero, you can spend focus tokens for their default effect, but so can the uh, the attacker when you're when they attack that you. Way. Yeah, yeah. It's the same uh, way he worked before, where it goes both ways. But now it's yeah. even just you can use focuses as if it were range one instead right. of mm. just. But it. also speaking of the uh, Rebel Tie Fighters, I think that uh, Sabine in the Tie Fighter is a underrated. Uh, she she can be a real good value at three points because you have a bunch of different options you can throw with her. Uh, her ability is incredible for getting around the battlefield that way. Uh, a build I like with her is ion missiles and Mandalorian optics because you have two uses of Mandalorian optics. And if you only use two of the ion missiles, if you have to spend both those target locks, that's you know one thing. But if you don't spend the target lock on an ion missile, you can just follow someone the next turn and keep Ion controlling them with Sabine in an incredible little three-point control piece uh, that is, of course, also defensive because it's a TIE fighter, fast and good for grabbing objectives, super useful, and one of those ships that people are probably going to underrate a lot. I do think it's obvious that mentioning you know, the B-Wings, the B-Wings certainly got... Uh, they went from a solid brawler to the, oh my god, look at these big fat loadout ships. Uh, yeah, I think if anything, it's the boogeyman piece in 2.5, it's the B-Wing. Like, every, everybody has immediately latched on to the B-Wings are terrifying now, because, I mean, a, like you said, they get tons of loadout points, and then, of course, the trajectory simulator bombs uh, that are now on a very affordable piece that hasn't been the case in a long time. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you have an I five in Gina Moonsong for four, for four points, and you can load up eleven points worth of gear I on her. Rebels so much. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty right. good combo the that I played. Generic sick costs four points. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, pretty good combos, Ezra and uh, Gina in the list. Mm-hmm. She used uh, to stress over to him. Yeah, oh, to, like, yeah. to Ezra yeah, yeah, yeah. and activate his ability. Because yeah. yeah. otherwise, there's real no way other than Ezra doing a like a maneuver, you know, like a advanced maneuver to get his stress. Yeah, just bump um, him and take the red focus every turn. Boom. Well, that also works. Yeah, but that that, that that's yeah. great. Then that's why I like Zed Crew on Ezra because that way, if you get bumped somehow, hey, guess what? Now I have uh, silly things I can do with Ezra. Yeah, to go uh, in a different direction for my ship that I really like in Rebels. Uh, I'm going to go with the Falcon, and Ooh. specifically Leia, I think, is being slept on a lot. Um, so Han is obviously good, because Han has always been good. Uh, and he's nine points, which is a lot, and Lando is also nine points. Uh, Leia is only eight, though, 
and Ooh. she still gets 20 loadout points, and uh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's <laughs> that is a thick falcon that comes with force and is i5 and has 13 health and controls extra board space and like I, I think Leia's in general is just a, a piece that's been slept on a lot. Can't argue with that. Also, uh, if you take Chopper Crew on her and you do a 4K or a 3 sloop, you can take a damage to do two actions, and that's pretty broken. Because for those who don't know, Leia's ability is after you fully execute a red maneuver, if at uh, after a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 fully executes a red maneuver, which includes yourself, uh, you may spend one force. If you do, that ship gains one focus or recovers one force. So you do a 3 sloop or a 4K, you take a focus for a force, and then you Chopper to target lock or boost or whatever. Uh, and now you're fully modded. And the trick with Falcons, uh, again, this applies more to the other missions than chance engagement, but it's really hard to kill a Falcon in six rounds unless you're just like throwing it at people. It's 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 bad. Like yeah. I threw everything at Jim's Han the first turn of the game and my whole list did three damage. And that was a really big decider in the game because I just wasted a turn throwing five ships at Han for not anything. And it pretty much put I, I did four damage to Jim in our game. I scored all my points through objectives. <laughs> like that's and that's the thing is once I threw everything at Han and couldn't kill a Falcon or even scratch a Falcon, I had to completely readjust. I do agree with that part. It's I'd be surprised if Falcons died more often than they lived in two point five games. Yeah, and, and and aside from chance encounter, that's you know seven to nine points that they just don't get unless you do all thirteen health. Because um, uh, Falcon on one health has not given up any points in objective worlds. And the cool thing uh, about Falcons is they're still really good at chance encounter because they throw a crap ton of modified attack dice. All the yes. Time. Yep. And engine upgrade went down to three points, which means it's very easy to slap on Falcons, and then they are extremely fast ships, which makes them good for towing cargo around. It makes them really good for getting out of dodge when they're in trouble. Um, the Falcon title is free on them, which is pretty whatever, but. Um, they just—they anyway. just, yeah. You know, one of your falcons has evade. Has, has the evade action, yeah. Um, what, but what would you? I mean, Han, get, Han, the the title goes really well with Han because he can reroll that green die twice if he's evading. Yeah. Um, but I just really want to—it makes a huge difference on. What ships have you been flying with, Leia? Because she's expensive, right? Oh, so I, haven't, I, I haven't put her on the table. Hey, you know what's hilarious? I just threw something together with all the the ships we were just talking about. For 20 points, you can run Gina Moonsong, Ezra Bridger, Sabine Wren, Leia Organa, and Blount. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there you go. You have a Falcon and four ships with them, and a lot of those ships are squirrely and hard to kill. Yeah, a double-tapping B-Wing. That's, you know, elusive sync laser cannon FCS on Gina. Ezra uh, Sidebar here. I am... Our group really loves (laughs) double-tapping B-Wings, and it's the wrong choice. You should do trajectory simulator. Uh, you can't hit that with eleven points on. You absolutely well, can. It's six points, and proton bombs are five or four, so you still have a point left over. Which is super funny because I used to be the trajectory sim guy in one point and then I never built anything in two point five. Like I was just like not even. I was just overlooking. I was just like feelings double tap, and man, then you can you know you were like oh no don't do that do trajectory sim. And I was just like yeah. what. You're, we're in a world where, in three of the four scenarios, there are five points on the map where ships want to be, and you are allowed to chuck a bomb straight at that thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> put true, trajectory true. simulators on B-Wings until they don't let you anymore. True. Which is hopefully soon. <laughs> you know, okay, so also, you- Matt, Gina doesn't... I, I did play Gina with the double tapping. It had auto blasters. Um, she oh, doesn't really do it. <laughs> she doesn't... Yeah. But 
But well, I actually did do it, and but the, it, she doesn't like it because it's like it's random dice throwing. Yeah. yeah, the the thing with yeah. double tapping is you have to spend your target lock for the second attack, which means not only do you have to spend an action to not use it on the first attack, you then have to spend the action to perform the second attack. So right. it's it's very inefficient in terms of throw of of accurately hitting stuff. Braylon is the only one. Yeah, as I say, Braylon, Braylon, I get that. It. Okay, so um, you could go, you know, Gina with proton bombs, trajectory simulator, and I don't know, hopeful. The heightened perception, Zeb, hull upgrade. Which is Ezra. actually pretty good on her because she passes the stress away. So she yep, can always take exactly. the boost of You throw Ezra, Ezra there so that you have a, hmm. a fun place to throw your stress to. Uh, Sabine with ion missiles, Mando optics, or whatever loadout you like. Blount, and then Leia and just throwing things out there. Chopper crew, Agile gunner, Ursa Ren crew to get more of those locks out there. Uh, engine upgrade, hull upgrade, and shattering shot. That fits. Yeah, that that is a fat. That is twenty points of upgrades on an eight point Leia with four wingmen. I really like that. That's dirty. I think I might bring that one day. I like that list too. We might both be playing that list. I hate it. It has a falcon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, knowing that you don't often play uh, our factions, Alex, uh, what is anything tempting you towards rebels? I mean, they have fangs now. Yeah, that's but, you know where I, I was getting I, at. I intend to be playing Rebels. Like Han is stupid and I hate him, so why not play him? And uh, <laughs> I mean, they have a Fen now. I just again, I haven't gotten around to playing anything besides the same couple lists so far. Um, I don't know, like Fen Hera, uh, Fen Hera Han. I looked at and those three ship list. And I don't know. It's, I haven't looked at Rebels much because I don't play Rebels very much. Um, they're my second least played faction behind Resistance, a different R faction. Um, but I can't say about resistance. Uh, screw those eight health T seventies. We'll get to that later. But, um, <laughs> man, I hate them. <laughs> I think um, but yeah, I like a wings. A wings are probably always good. Um, fangs are interesting. Dirk's really interesting ability wise. Dirk um, is really good, I think. So, what is Dirk Uladin's ability again? Uh, uh, after he fully executes a red maneuver or performs a red action, he can acquire a lock on an enemy ship in his front arc at range one. Wait, so, don't Fangs have boost into red focus? They sure do. They sure do. I mean, he's, Actually, he's held back by being I3. Held back. Uh, I mean, that still puts him on the low end of initiative, uh, even in the New World. But uh, Tell me he doesn't have a talent slot. He does not. He does not oh, have thank God. Slot. He does not get to blink clan training. The one yeah, I was going to say, clan training for a free focus target lock every turn? Ah, yeah. Gross. Uh, his, I mean, he, he only has Torp mod and, like... 10 points to play with or 12 points to play with or something. So essentially you do APTs and hull upgrade or you do afterburners and ion torps are pretty much the only, the only option. So it's it's either, do you want to go all in on the ability to get the fully modded five die or do you want afterburners on your fang, which is just really useful in general. I Uh, am always on team afterburners on fang because holy cow, afterburners fen Rao. It should also be noted that Dirk works really well with fen Rao in the fang or the crew. Because uh, he wants to be in that spot to get the target lock, and then Fenrir's like, "Okay, you engage, remove that stress, you have an open dial again," uh, which is pretty neat. Uh he'd also go pretty well with Scum Fenrir if that was allowed, just yeah. because everything, nothing pairs poorly with Scum Fenrir. Okay, and Fangs. Hmm. Okay, so here's the thing: where his three agility or his three initiative could actually come in handy if you wind up triggering his ability range one uh, front arc. If you have Fenrir out there to clear the stress, would a 4K almost always put you in that same position? I mean, other ships get to move. So 
Yeah, I know, but yeah. I would say, let's say, you know, if he's moving first, he yeah, if he's moving right first, someone, in theory. Okay, that's. Uh, I do want to say one thing about Fangs. They got kind of a quote-unquote nerf from the rules overhaul, as none of their fancy crap triggers off of range zero attacks, which strange. adds a new range. Fangs die really hard. At. Um, <laughs> to be fair, those are they're, they're good at one and three. They are, but any any number of red dice coming at a Fang that doesn't get conquered dawn is still terrifying. <laughs> So they're great at one and three and bad at zero and two. They're great at one, fine at three, bad at zero and two. <laughs> I would argue that they're fine at zero as well. Yeah, I mean, they're as fine. They should have a defensive focus, and the other person does get mods. I mean, they, they could have a defensive focus. Like, they could have used it at times beforehand. But yes, they don't get any of their pilot abilities or the chassis ability at range zero attacks. Uh. There's no fang with a crew, is there? No, thank God. Okay. No, why would there be a fang? I guess there's, there's a TIE fighter with a crew. That's from the freaking TV show. We watched I didn't know nine we... dudes in there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if maybe you had, I don't know, Fen Rao and the, you know, I don't know, his little brother, one of the other Rao's in there. Is, are Finn, there other Rao's? Fen Rao. <laughs> one of the other Rao's. I believe that's from the Fen Fin fanfic. Yeah, yep, for there sure. it is. The quadruple F, we call it. Uh, uh, fair. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Fair, fair. With some of the other Rebel stuff that was in Pride of Mandalore, has anybody tried any of the new Rebel crew that has come in there yet? No. Uh, yeah, Ursa Ren crew, who is a better R3 astromech, uh, lets you take two locks on different targets, but also whenever a friendly ship gets locked, you can... Acquire a lock. So there's That's... a pretty nasty combo that, combo that Tommy Adams ran at Cherokee Open with this. Uh, he did Shara in the arc, because uh, I think both Shara's have the same ability, but it's, you can spend a lock Shaka. on opposite defense yes. to add an eye result. Uh, so he had Ursa Ren on Shara, and then he had a wedge with R3. So uh, Shara would move focus, and then Wedge at I6 would move target lock. He would target lock the person he wanted to shoot, and then he would target lock a buddy, which would trigger Ursa, trigger Ursa Ren, which would let Shara target lock the person she wanted to shoot. Oh, um, nice! That is yeah. spicy, actually. That's really spicy. Yeah, and then I think he had AP5 as well, so he was coordinating focuses to Wedge so that it was a fully modded Protorp, and then fully modded Shara shot, and yeah, it was a... It was yeah, a that, that's a Tommy combo. Adams list right there. <laughs> Yep. So that's uh, freaking spicy, though. Yeah, I think she's the only one I've really seen, but Ursa Ren seems pretty solid. It's the the second part of her ability is the actual strong thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Three has always been a pretty whatever ability. Decent on E wings, not great yeah. everywhere else. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is better uh, now because you just have to fill points. But yeah. true, everything is better now. <laughs> Spe speaking of Shara, uh, the Arcs got a fun upgrade for Rebels with an additional crew slot. Which is interesting, because the Republic ones all have double gunner and no crew. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had more guns back in the Republic. <laughs> that, you know, just bizarre. But what I'm really looking forward to when uh, the gauntlet drops is being able to throw Clan Ren commandos on an arc and just yeet those yeah. suckers out. Those also, uh, going back to super efficient four-point ships, Abidism, which is weird because his ability is garbage, but uh, he's a four-point arc, and that's a lot of health for four points. Um, especially because you get eight points of free upgrades on him. I've, uh, I've seen a lot of people run a bit of some with tactical scrambler just to shove him in people's <laughs> faces, and then if you shoot through him, it's he's like an obstruction. Uh, and then if you shoot at him, he's a nine health ship that takes forever to die. Um, 
And he triggers really well with Elusive because he wants to do red moves because then he could just maybe remove the stress half the time. Yeah. Fun fact, Ibitsum is a lady mon cow. Oh, That's apologies. true. She she's is really she's a fish lady. Value. Get it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I actually went through, you know, funny story with, uh, you know, the Women's History Month, and I thought, you know, it'd be neat to look and see how many pilots are women in X-Wing. I only got, like, halfway, all the way through roles and halfway through the Imperials when I was like, there are so many. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, Star Wars did a pretty good job with gender. Indeed. Um, especially after the original trilogy, which... Yeah, like, all the really good uh, Imperial pilots that aren't soon to your fellow or Vader. <laughs> you know, you've got a lot of ladies there. You know, I do want to say, of... one of my biggest takeaways from starring the list build of Rebels is they have so much at four and five cost mm-hmm. that you can get pretty much any combination of good five or four ship lists out of what they have available, which to me makes them just the most flexible. It should also be noted with all of their million crew carriers, even though the B-Wing is not one of them, if you're taking B-Wings with trajectory simulator and bombs, you should try to find a crew carrier with Sabine, because Sabine is ridiculously good with bomb lists. Yeah. Uh, crew Sabine specifically, Gunner Sabine is bad. Don't take her. But uh, Or do, I don't care. Gun- Gunner Sabine, possibly useful if you're running like double-tapping Hera B-Wing, but if you're running Hera B-Wing, you, well, you can run double-tapping and also trajectory simulator and bombs, because she has, what, 27 points of loadout? Yeah. To me, the problem with Gunner Sabine is she's. They had a neat idea, and they were like, oh, wait, this is too strong. So they added just so many requirements to trigger it. Because you have to perform a special attack and then choose a friendly ship or engineer three of the defender. Uh, up to the number of damage cards dealt to the defender during that attack, each ship may choose and remove one strain or stress token. So it has to be a special attack that deals damage cards, and then you can pick that many ships to remove stress or strain. It's just, it's so many restrictions. But I mean, if you've got really two good. points in an open gunner slot uh, on an arc, I'd take better tail gunner, but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, even think Rebels are the most flexible and easy to list build with faction at the moment, probably. Probably a great place to start if you just want to get the hang of 2.5. Yeah, um, easily all, the best faction we've covered so far. I would say without a doubt. But they have all the movie pilots and all the iconic ships and most of it fits together in ways that's easy to build lists. Yeah. Um, that being said, I don't feel like they're overbearing compared to other factions. Um, oh, no. I wouldn't say that. A lot of their power pieces are very slow, lumbering ships oh. that struggle with objectives and really just want to punch stuff in the face. Sure. They do not. Uh, they are hurting for aces. And I, when you go into their slippery stuff, they almost all do zero damage. So it's it's uh, there's a balance there. Rebels yeah. lack that three attack die ace, which is fine. But yeah, you're right. They do have they do have a give and a take, like all the factions do. Mm-hmm. Also, and if you want your power fantasy ship, Luke gets just so many points. Just just play Luke, guys. <laughs> just yeah. don't not. You're Luke. investing seven points, but it's probably the best seven points you can spend in Rebels. Yeah, I'd agree. It's it's arguably some of the best points you can spend in the game. Like it's. I do want to point out, like, a ship costing seven is not necessarily a reason. Like, don't write it off just because it costs seven or eight. Um, There are a lot of good ships at seven in all the factions. But yeah, Luke is bonkers. Yeah, and think about it. In 2.0, 70-point Luke would have seemed a bit excessive. I mean, if people ran Luke, they ran him pretty slim, usually with, like, a regen bot, and that was about it. But that that was the game, then. Yeah, Yeah. that was the game, then. The thing is, is Luke was 61 base, so you were either running budget Luke for under 70, or a loaded Luke was pushing 90 points. Yes. <laughs> this is a loaded Luke for the price of a budget Luke. Precisely. Uh, some things we mentioned, give and take. 
AMG has made some alterations to the uh, the points lists since they have been released. Not changing any points, but certain things such as uh, all the named uh, Rebel Hawks now can take the Moldy Crow title, not just well, all the Rebel ones. Only yeah. one of the same ones can. But yeah, uh, yeah, all, all the Rebel named ones. Uh, Lots Razi can take the Houndstooth title, thus making. Uh, they listened to our last episode. Suck it, AMG. <laughs> That's not our way we're going to get things done, Alex. Never mind. Open letter to AMG. <laughs> uh, suck it or don't suck it. I don't remember what the point was anymore. But there, there were a lot of early complaints like that that perhaps AMG listened to when they got put out in a respectful manner. So or who knows? It you was, know? Or it got missed. Like, yeah, obviously, it could very stuff, well have been missed. We'll never know. Like, and it, it doesn't matter. Don't be mean to AMG. That's the first first point. <laughs> and I agree with Matt on that. Let's not be dicks to AMG. But like, also, if they just did a proofread and found stuff they missed, that's also an amazing thing. You can't expect everyone to be perfect right away, and if they caught proofread and caught stuff, then that's good. We should yeah, we should celebrate I mean, that. FFG missed stuff in literally every points update, and it was never this massive of a game change. And they did they controlled the game for eight years. Like, that's yeah. um, mistakes happen. It's a small company. Humans make mistakes, and humans make our games. Like. I had almost more of a rhyme scheme than I intended. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like right out of the gate, uh, Rebels definitely, like I said, they're they're super flexible. They have a lot of powerful options. There's really no, other than some of the generics, there's really no dead space in Rebels. Uh, they do lack a definitive ace, but it more than makes up for that with the, the beef, the options, the utility. I think they're... Uh, a strong faction, no, no question about that. Although I will say, if you are really wanting that like ace type piece, uh, somebody like Wedge is a lot better for that now because he gets twenty points of upgrades. So you can do things like put afterburners and lone wolf on him, and he's a lot more dodgy than he used to be. Yeah, I also uh, would point out. Uh, I like 20, to point out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Twenty point Ahsoka Tano uh, for those upgrades there. Yeah. I just want to point out this is the first time Doug has ever said fly wedge in an X-Wing. <laughs> like, and he means yeah. it. So, don't do it. Well, because you, you are absolutely... <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I will say I prefer wedge in an A-Wing still. But, yeah. but I think wedge in an X-Wing does have a place. Although, right, to be fair, right. I've actually been pretty on board the wedge train since they got rid of bids. Because that just made him a yeah, lot better. that just made wedge the perfect ace hunter. Because 50% of the time he gets to move after the aces. Oh yeah, Road. Road oh, probably more helps. 50% of the time, the aces don't get to move after him. Road also helps, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I also want to point out that uh, Road makes so much sense with scenarios, like yeah. which I suspected it would, but uh, the game would be really, really weird without Road, I think. Oh, yeah, because I was realizing, uh, you know, before this, my love of Initiative 1 blockers and just cheap stuff out there was well known. If we didn't have road and I could still bring a whole bunch of initiative one ships, the idea of being able to set up like just blockades around the obstacles, if you're always moving first, that would just, ah, that would be annoying as heck to play against. Blocking is still good. If you really want to keep somebody away from an obstacle, you just park a medium base diagonally in the, in the way. And that's, you know, yeah, sure. Your opponent's going to get that, you know, range zero shot, but they're not getting the obstacle point. And if they're not going to kill your ship, that's what I mean. Objective point. Uh, if they're not going to kill your ship, you've gone a point up on them that round. It's I, I do want to say Newt had a, we played a, our third round was 
uh, assault of the satellite array. Yes. And Newt had, so the reason that even though I had destroyed most of Newt's ships, and I think he'd only killed one bomber, that we were relatively close in points, is because Newt had two rounds where Hawk was in range of three obstacles, and because he's a medium base, he counts as two ships. So he just <laughs> controlled all three obstacles by himself for two turns in a row. Like objectives. That's, that's right. objectives. I'm always saying it because you it. just called the new yeah. <laughs> No, it's, yeah. Yeah, no, and that, that's though, one of those yeah. things where uh, when we cover the uh, Assault of the Satellite Array, we'll talk about when you're talking about objective placements, I, when I was flying, I realized I had a medium base ship and it was going to be good for me to have objectives close together that I could get into the middle of and then maybe use a stop to uh, get some, you know, things there going. Lots of, lots of new strategy that's been opened up with objectives and we're going to be discovering it over the next weeks and months as we get more experience with it. Right now, we've all just got a handful of games under our belt. No one has definitely solved the meta or... I think other than someone claiming they have 43 and 0 with a specific list. Uh, yeah, you haven't, played yeah. You, you haven't played it enough until you've lost a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, that list, that, or that post had problems. <laughs> yes. But the idea that we're all still in relatively un, unexplored territory here. Uh, everything we're saying, like we said at the very beginning, these are our general inputs on this we could be completely wrong and as things roll out we could find that rebels can easily get pigeonholed i don't think they're going to but uh time will tell when it comes to uh how this all rolls out and we'll be rolling out more reviews and analysis of the different factions and the different scenarios in the upcoming weeks so with that having covered chance engagement and the rebels what else do we have coming up uh, that will be going on before we do our next uh, podcasting? Well, from when we release this, where will you guys be next week? Adepticon. Adepticon. Now I have no idea what to run. I mean, not that I had a real idea before, but now I have another list that's in contention that I didn't expect to be. <laughs> that's why you got to drop after round one of the tournament. That way you can keep all your preconceived notions. Yeah. Uh, Alex, I assume you're going to find something to fly Fen with, because... I might. I, it's definitely where I'm going to try to start, but I definitely have Vader and Six Ties as my kid for anything else, and this is definitely a good list fallback. Yeah. Can't argue with that. But what about you, Greg? Uh, there's something that's shouting out to you as something you want to uh, go ride or die with to Adepticon? I have no idea. I haven't <laughs> even played Satellite Array, or... That's not true. I haven't even played the cargo one. It's ah. my least favorite one. Right? Yeah. I, well, that's what I hear, but I have no idea. So, like, I don't even know. Though we played the cargo one in the round I played on Friday, and I had a really good time with it um, that time. Like, I, I have not, like, I didn't like it the first time I played it, and the second time I was like, okay, this is fine. Um, I enjoyed it. It's still my least favorite of them. It feels like it's, you don't have a surefire way to stop your opponent from collecting points like you do in the other objectives. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Ultimate so... is my least favorite, personally. But that's I said this. One. I don't have a good reason. I just don't like it. Honestly, <laughs> I, I I could have guessed that, Doug, because you like to play ships that have the option to go fast most of the time, and satellite array can oftentimes negate that. I mean, you you want to yeah, go but fast. Usually, but... those ships can go really slow if they want to as well. I... Well, I mean, yeah, Sunfact can go anywhere he wants. So <laughs> I think the reason I don't like it is because it's the only objective that forces you to stick by objectives. 
Like the the mm-hmm. other two, one of them you grab them and run with them, and one of them it's just an action and a hit run. It's a hit but run. that's yeah. and that's probably intentional as well. They probably oh yeah, I, I'm I'm just saying it's the one I enjoy the least. I'm not saying it's bad. Oh yeah, I mean I saw you, I saw you somebody have, to have reasons for your opinions or emotions about stuff. Like yeah, I saw somebody write something up that said yo. Your list, whatever list you come up with, might be S tier at one objective, A tier at another, B tier at another, and absolute F at the fourth one. And you just think, it's like when you built a list that's like, all right, this is really good against swarms. This is okay against a jousting list. And if I come up against aces, I'm boned. So let's the just hope option, people don't bring aces. <laughs> the difference here is that it was random what lists you ran up to. And you yeah, know, you're now, now, now you know you're going yeah. to run up to these. So it might be the, okay, I realize I'm probably going to punt to a 50, 50 game in satellite array, but I should be able to bounce back at the other ones. That might be, how things pan out, we don't know. Adepticon's going to really be the first possible, time we get data. But, um, I mean, the, the meta has to settle for this to be a thing. But I I would bet that the best lists will not punt to anything. Um, like, most lists, most good meta lists in previous games, like previous um, X-Wing, did not punt to anything. They yeah. had worse matchups, obviously. But, like, they didn't have anything that was just, like, this is a bad matchup that I can't and do anything about. The stuff that did punt to a terrible matchup usually was hard countering the more heavy meta stuff. So you're yeah. hoping yeah. to play the field and win on luck of the draw. Um, but the the really solid medalists, like Doug said, did not really have a, a guaranteed or a 90-10 loss. Mm-hmm. But I also want to emphasize that I think for Adepticon, people who understand objectives more will do better than people who have better lists. If that makes sense. Like, no, uh, it absolutely you, does. You could have found the best list for the meta if you know what you're doing, but if you don't actually understand the scenarios, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Well, it comes down to actually playing it on the table more than list building when the objectives, especially this early in the objectives, like making the correct on-table decisions will be better than making the correct list decisions. Yeah, turn zero is no longer the most important turn necessarily. Oh, I super disagree. Uh, well, okay, no, sorry. I, not, not turn, I mean, turn zero as, you know, setting up the board, definitely, but list building is not where the game is won and lost anymore. That's the better way to put it. Yeah, I would agree but that. I would turn say turn zero one. is... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, turn zero is probably the most important turn in the game now. Yeah, turn negative one, not as big yeah. as it used to be. All right. Well, uh, with all that in there, do we have any shout outs to throw out there this week? Me Padre, Bob Howe. My Supad. poor toilet phone. <laughs> oh, F's in the chat for Alex's phone. I can't read him. <laughs> uh,. What about you, Greg? Anything uh, you'd like to shout out in the neighborhood? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I also want to shout out to Greg, who's been 3D printing stuff and keeps uh, giving us things because he's an amazing person and keeps not charging us for them because he's an amazing true. person. Indeed, yeah. Got a lot of creativity in the pipe and uh, working on some things that hopefully, uh, maybe in the future, we'll be able to share with y'all. So. Stay tuned on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to give a preemptive shout-out to everybody who's going to Adepticon. Hope you all have a great time. Hope you guys uh, are going into this with an open mind. And, uh, I mean, if you're taking the time and the money and investment to go to an event like Adepticon, I should hope you're going into it intending to have fun. Uh, well, you'd I'm, be wrong. I'm intending to have a miserable time. Illinois sucks. <laughs> 
right, well, Alex. I'm from St. Louis, so that means something where I'm from. <laughs> okay, you chose Illinois sucks. Well, isn't St. Louis just South Illinois? No, you yes. son of a bitch. You, yes. Greg, you go back to what? random Kansas. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, baseball's back. <laughs> baseball is back, folks. Uh, so, yeah, heck, we'll even open it up. Anybody from the Cardinals franchise who happens to be listening to us, uh, we'll offer some collaborations with you guys as well. Miles Michaelis definitely plays X-Wing. I want to point. He ate a lizard on live TV, though, so I don't know how long if we want to hang out with him, but he's definitely the kind of dude who would play X-Wing. <laughs> awesome. Give us His a call. Is... He us. definitely listens. Miles, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Miles, <laughs> Lizard King, as your official nickname is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to hang out with him. Gmail.com. Drop us a line. Yeah, no, I right. want to hang out with him. Yeah, he's, he seems whack. He wears a fucking umbrella hat around, you know. <laughs> ah, one of those types. The Tim Lincecum Pro- types. They are man. Uh, when you're that rich, that young, it, I think it breaks your mind. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. could, be, could be. Well, with that in uh, mind for Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Porg. Porg. And 75% of us will see you at Adepticon. Open letter to AMG. 75. Change it to chance fin, encounter. Fin, fin, fin. Yes, the fan 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 on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, on Twitch at Tashi Station X Wing, and on YouTube at Tashi Station X Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com/tashi station X Wing and toss us a few credits to help keep the huts off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.